baby. Cardin Roberts here on the fan on a Friday. Craig is off today. He'll be back Monday at 2 o'clock. CP, the franchise, is with us. He got a little vacation because there's no Nick game for like a week. Yeah, so, I'm, 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 t- I'm tweaking over here. Man. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, are you going to watch yeah. old Nick games? Like put it on YouTube and I'll, get through the I'll, night? I'll watch a little All-Star Saturday. Night. I'm, I'm doing double duty tonight, so I'll be on SOI at, at 9.30, so I'll be working. Look and at then, you. Uh, Look at you. Working uh, NBA radio tomorrow, so I'll be working. And, and to, you know, tap it into the All-Star. Are you into All-Star the All-Star game? game? Not anymore. Yeah. It's, it's the worst, man. It's an age thing, man, because yeah. 20 years ago, you know. It was good. You, it was good. It was interesting. It like, was yeah, good. It was exciting. But nowadays, I, I also think, because we're similar in that we're diehard fans. We watch every game. I kind of need a break. Like, yeah. I just need, I, I need some time off. I, I don't know. You don't man. need time off? Is that because your team's hot? And you yeah, this is the worst time for the Knicks to be taking a time <laughs> off. They just won five of their last six. They washed the Nets up. You know, listen, <laughs> Jalen Brunson, since he's been snubbed since the All-Star, he's, he's been cooking. It's the worst time for the Knicks you know, to be off. Maybe it's because, and I get made fun of a lot for this, rightfully so. How do you have time to go to this game, go to that game, watch this, read this, and still spend time with your family? And I do spend time with my family. But I said to my wife this morning, it was the second thing I said to her. The first thing was, I'm so excited to work with CP, the franchise. Nice. The second thing I said was, you know, I'm glad the Nets are off for a week. <laughs> we got more Listen. time. We're going to hang out. We're all going to read books together. We got Elimination Chamber tomorrow night oh, yeah. that my oh, son's yeah. excited yeah. about. Yeah. And tonight, and I, I don't know, I guess this is a thing that's going around now. I'm going to go play pickleball with my family. Wow. And I heard G, besides you know roasting me, talking about him playing pickleball. Is pickleball becoming a thing now? It's absolutely a thing. And, and shout out to my guy Alex Rotaro, my co-host on Knicks Fan TV. He's in like a pickleball league. Is this new though? I don't think so. I, I want to say it's been around for a little while, but it just seems like the trendy thing to do. Like, this is what you're doing on a Friday night yeah, of all bro, things. I swear to you, it's not about trendy. I'll yeah. literally tell you what it's about. Yeah. Me and my wife are like, hey, it'd be cool to sign up for, like, a gym. Mm-hmm. And that gym has a lot of cool things in it. We're trying it out, see if we're going to use it, because the worst thing you could do is spend money on a gym. Yeah, I've been there. Use it. Been there. <laughs> we all have. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things it has is a pickleball court. And when she said, do you want to play pickleball, my response is, I've heard of it, but I really don't know what it is. And we tried it, and right away I'm like, this is freaking awesome. And we played it, my oldest son played it, and I'm like, this is a really good time, and it's a good workout, you're running around. Then I hear G talking about it, then I hear other people talking about it, you're telling me your boy plays it, so it's probably been around for a while. I think so. But why are all of us... Finding it now, right? Like, what the hell happened in the last two months? Assuming that's what it is, where yeah. we're all finding the same thing. I don't. I, I, that's I don't the part that confuses me. Is it like a pickleball league on TV? Some I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't they know say, what the what they the say. Fa- it's like the fastest growing sport in America. Right? So it, it wow. is the fastest yes. growing sport in America. But how long has it been Tom, around? Didn't, didn't like Tom Brady just buy into a league, and all these guys I, yeah. are buying into buying into the league? So when was it? Start in, having when, professional uh, pickleball. Oh, a professional the PBL. When did it? When was it invented? Like, was it a sport that was always around and just under the radar? And then like, it would be like if shuffleboard became a big deal all of a sudden. I know I played uh, pickleball in high school, not on a team, but we did it in gym. Did so you really? that's what I'm 37. <laughs> so do the math. So it's been around a while, but I don't know about being popular. No, but it's becoming popular. Yeah, no, right I, now. I get that because it's like you know, if you're bad at tennis, you could play pickleball. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I'll tell you the exact answer. It's not necessarily. I wouldn't use the words bad. If at you're tennis. unathletic, let's just say bingo. That. He yeah. hit it. Yeah. No. It's yeah. Athletic. Absolutely. Like, I, I know what Giannotti looks like. I yeah. love Gio. He, uh, come on. He's like a potato. <laughs> He's not in any shape. No offense. I mean, I'm not telling you. He's very poorly. He's very poorly. No, and that's great. No, I yeah. will give G this. 
he he has been in really good shape and then yeah. in really bad shape. Mm. Like he goes up and down. So years ago, we traveled to L.A. to watch. It was Mets, Dodgers, and the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Mm. We did both. We did it two years in a row, so I forget which year this was. And G was in really good shape. And he's like, let's go play baseball by a field. I'm like, oh, this is my guy. Let's yeah. go. I love it. And he said, let's run over there. We'll do a run. Yeah. It's like three miles away. And we're running. And I'm telling you, we're a half mile in. I thought I was going to drop dead. Meanwhile, he's he's tugging along, and I'm looking up like, what the hell is going on? I can't underestimate him, man. That was during the time of his in-shape time, yeah, yeah. and it left me in the dust. Like, I'll be the first to tell you. So there are times in which he's in great shape, but you're right, Luke, in that you don't have to be in great shape to play pickleball because you're not running down as much of a court because it's a smaller court. But it's still like you're getting a workout in because you're hitting the ball, yeah. you're running around, just not as much as you'd play tennis. And I got to tell you, I freaking love it. It's addicting, yeah. man. According to uh, USAPickleball.org, 1965 <laughs> was the first pickleball court was erected in wow. 1967. So it's been around for a while. So it's been around forever. Yeah. But all of a sudden now, all of us middle-aged men yeah. are basically finding it <laughs> and saying, hey, this is awesome. I don't think I'd ever watch it on TV. And I'm not ready, by the way, because I'm very open with competing with people. Because I, I know I'm not a great athlete, and I own yeah. it. I don't really care. If I lose, I lose. Like, I'd play a one-on-one right, one right now in basketball. Yeah. I'd probably kick your ass. I no. don't think you're that good of an and athlete. I'd wash you up. Oh, excuse me. Absolutely. Are you are you an athlete? I'm retired now, but I'd still wash you retired. up. Retired. That's code for I'm not an athlete. <laughs> That's what Boomer says all the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> were you good at any point? I was excellent. Oh, you I was excellent. Ask everyone in, in, in the uh, town of Rockville Center Basketball League. Oh, really? I was that multiple-time MVP, multiple-time All-Star. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm getting my butt kicked. <laughs> You've said enough to convince me. Uh, but I, I would gladly play anybody. In, like, I run a baseball yeah. league, and I, I don't mind the fact that my videos are sometimes shown of me running, and people like to mock me. That's fine. I don't really care. I like to play. Yeah, you I stayed like to, in shape. It's good. I like to get out there and play. And if I'm good, I'm good. If I'm bad, I'm bad. To anybody out there that is challenging me to pickleball, here's what I would say to you. Someday, but not yet. All right, let me play a little bit more. Yeah. Because I'm only playing my wife, and we're not even keeping score. We're literally just paddling the ball over. We're trying to volley, as they say. But eventually, there will come a time in which I look at her and say, "Hun, i I'm ready. And then all of you big shots on Twitter, all you big freaking talkers who love to comment about how everyone is so unathletic, and you're right about all of it. Like, I'm not denying it. Yeah. But how athletic are you, Tom73912? <laughs> the odds are you're a fat ass. And the odds are you get smoked by the unathletic geek redhead. And how would that make you feel? This is what you're waiting for. Is Tom a Knicks fan? I think, <laughs> is he in your DMs right now? Destroying you. Probably. So I welcome all the challenges of pickleball. Yeah. And I'll, I will accept them at some point. I'm not here yet. I would say by the spring, by the late spring, I would actually say I'll start playing people. And I'll start naming names or taking names. Is taking names? Taking names. Yeah. I'll start taking names and kicking ass. Wow. And we'll record it. And then we'll play it on Twitter and embarrass every it's single one of you. Aspiring to be a pickleball all-star, man. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, In 2023. So I'll start the challenges in this room. You want the smoke seat? Listen, man? what we can do, we can do 
like a five sport series. <laughs> Battle of the fan bases, right? They used oh, to have this boy. thing back in the day, Battle of the Network Stars, right? right? We could take we could go from basketball, pickleball, we could run a race, you know, run a race to to, to the building, put it all on YouTube. And have the fans you uh, just, judge it. You just made a huge mistake yeah. because you made it a battle of the fan bases. Yeah. And if you want to make it Knicks Nets, yeah. then I'm going to call my tag team partner because I have a tag team partner. Yeah. I, I'm the macho man. I got Hulk Hogan. And trust me, Who? you don't want to battle Hulk Hogan because Ugh. my tag team partner played quarterback in high school. My oh. tag team partner is a diehard Nets fan. My tag team partner would represent the Nan F- Met Nets fan base much better than me. I would tag in Keith McPherson. I knew you were going to say Keith. At all. I knew you were going to say Keith. Because how many Nets fans are there? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> the two of you leading the Brooklyn uh, Brigade over here. I knew you were going to say Keith. So Keith could take the quarterback yeah. competition because yeah. he played quarterback. All right. I'll take the pickleball competition, and we will smoke all of you. Let's do it. Let's set it up, man. So, Keith, get ready. All right, let's, buddy? Let's set it up. And you're doing it for pride, for not only uh, Brooklyn Net yeah. pride, but, yeah, that's it, Brooklyn <laughs> Net pride. <laughs> Look at these, these guys are trying to avenge their losses. It's been a tumultuous year for you guys. It's been a very tough so year. So, any, any win that you can get, I, I hear you. So, I me and you. Keith McPherson, maybe we'll play about pickleball together. Do they do teams <laughs> in pickleball? Is that a thing, or yes. is it one-on-one? No, two-on-two. Two. Is that really? Wow. That's how they do it? I think so, yeah. Oh, I wow. only play one-on-one. Guy, are you are you even playing by the rules? No. no. What are the rules? He has no idea what he's doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. No. In fact, I'll take it a step further. Here's how little I know about pickleball rules. Because me and my wife are learning. Sometimes yeah. we let the ball bounce twice before we hit it over the net. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're, 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 not, not, you're not playing. They're not even playing by the rules. <laughs> no. You let or yeah. you can't get to it on top. Uh, yeah. No. We don't want to pull a hamstring. Sure. So we let the ball bounce a second time and then okay, now I'm gonna hit it over. Okay. This is why everybody out there, I'm not ready to play yet. <laughs> okay, we're still we're still learning the rules. Still taking the training no, you, wheels you off. You know man. the rules. You're flouting the rules. You don't care yes. about the rules. I have you're, not, just, you're just warming up. That's I, all you're I, doing. What I would say, fellas, is that I have not read the rules yet. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if the rule is you need to hit the ball on only one bounce. Right. Like I, I would expect. Like every other game <laughs> yeah. that's ever been he, anything he made, like tennis. He made or, his own rules, Seaback. No. And then, then say he's the king of it. Well, listen, we're, we're learning. Listen, me and my wife are learning, okay? We're trying to get in shape. <laughs> by the way, we welcome SNY. Of course, the show is delivered to you by Grubhub. We're joined by pickleball export Tom in Cranford, New Jersey. What's going on, Tom? How you doing, guys? Excellent. How you doing? Pickleball's been around out down south, like in Florida and Arizona, at these 50-plus retirement communities. Hmm. It's really huge down there. And there is there is a professional tournament too. It's been on TV. Really, it's, it's pretty interesting, actually. Though, <laughs> you know, I don't know the rules myself, but uh, you know, it's for us old timers that can't run around anymore. That's this what is... it's all about. No, and that's why I do it because at 39 years old, athletically, I'm an old timer. Like I, I can't uh, run you're around. Still a young, you're still a young. You're still a young. You haven't seen I... me run there, buddy. <laughs> then you know if I'm an old timer or not. This gives me hope because CP. I swear, I've always thought this. Whenever I used to hang out with my grandparents, long time ago, unfortunately, they're not here anymore. But I would play shuffleboard. Okay, with, with good both, game, great game. Both of my grandfathers, yeah. I'd play shuffleboard with them, yeah. and I would always think to myself, I'd watch this on TV. Like this could be a sport. This could be a big deal, and it's encouraging that even if shuffleboard hasn't taken off, pickleball has. Yeah, and it gives me hope that maybe thirty years from now, shuffleboard will. <laughs> 
It does give me some hope. What are you looking at, Luke? You got a problem? Well, bro, what's next? Bocce ball? Everybody yeah, right. shovel will be dead in 20 years. The sport will have moved on. <laughs> Is that what you think? You think yes. it's all just going to be all over? for people that are retired in Florida. <laughs> By the way, did you see today, and I remember a year ago when Jacob deGrom was asked about opting out. Yeah. He said, he was honest. He said, yeah, I'm going to opt out. And he did, and we all know what happened. He signed with Texas. I'm not here to relitigate that. Earlier today, Manny Machado was asked if he was going to opt out of his contract with the San Diego Padres. And not only did he say yes, but he talked about all the money that's out there in free agency. And I, personally, I never had a problem with Jake saying it. I don't have a problem with Manny Machado saying it, like he's going to opt out. But what's funny to me is Major League Baseball, and I mentioned this earlier, that baseball and the NBA is starting to become very similar. And I actually talked about this yesterday, that the regular season of Major League Baseball is starting to feel like the regular season of the NBA. But never in any sport did we talk about free agents a year or two in advance other than the NBA. Yeah. LeBron James is a free agent. We're all planning it out, right? Kevin Durant was a free We're all planning it out. I'm starting to notice between Shohei Otani, and this talk started a year ago, to even Manny Machado now, to Aaron Judge even a year ago, it feels like in baseball, we are now talking about free agency further in advance than we ever have. And it's very NBA-like to me right now what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've never really seen it, especially in the in the Otani and, uh, and Machado standpoint. But I, I'm, a, I'm a player's advocate. You know, I, I want the players to go out there yeah, sure. and, and, you know, deal with the business and fairly and take care of themselves, do what's best for them. I just thought it, it was kind of interesting to hear Machado come out and say, hey, there's money out there too. The owners are yeah. making money. We need to make some money here. I don't blame them for a second. What I find weird, and I don't know if Yankee fans feel this way, and you are a Yankee fan, I'm a Met fan, and I think it's easy to see how Manny Machado would fit either team. Very, yeah. very easy. Easy. Uh, the Mets were trying to sign a guy to play third base this offseason and Carlos Correa before it fell through. And obviously a lot can happen this year that can change things. Brett Beatty for the Mets could have a monster year. In the Yankees' case, maybe both Volpe and Peraza come up and have monster years, and you're like, I don't need a third baseman. Uh, right now in February, I don't even – I can't think that much about a guy who's a free agent a year from now yeah. going into a season. And maybe that's the other difference, too, with the NBA. When we would think about free agents in the NBA as Knicks and Nets fans – it's because we had no shot. Right. So we're thinking about guys that are going to save our franchise. We're dreaming. Right. Yeah. Like, in this case, I read the story today, and I'm like, okay, he's going to opt out. It's good, it's good to know. Yeah. But it's almost, I'll worry about it in November of next year, not as much now. I can't even think that much about Manny Machado as a free agent. Yeah, n not at this point. Now, as, as a Yankee fan, you wish they would have gotten him four years ago. I know. Right? Because he certainly could have uh, changed things from where they are. But I, I think it's a uh, it's an interesting move by him. I wonder if he's looking at the judge situation where you know judge went out there, bet on himself, and got rewarded handsomely. But Machado's still at the top of his game. He would be leaving. If he did opt out, he would be leaving $150 million right. on the table. And think about this, CP, and it could happen. Let's say Manny Machado, and I'm certainly not rooting for it, gets hurt this year. Yeah. Let's say Manny Machado just has a down season. Let's see if he truly opts out. That's There you go. You know, DeGrom was fascinating because he was so good that it didn't matter that he only made 11 starts. Yeah. And he was able to opt out, get a five-year deal, and get massive money. I don't know if Manny Machado would be able to pull that off. Like, if he somehow had a down season or missed half the season due to injury, it could change how he views things. Yeah. It really could. So it's also kind of risky when you make that declaration yeah. because – you may have to make a complete opposite decision in five months based on what actually happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, no question about it. And, you know, $30 million a year, that's a huge risk. No, know? no doubt. And on the surface for the Yankees, 
what's different between four because the Mets were never in on Manny Machado yeah. because this man named Jeff Wilpon owned the team and he didn't want to spend any money. So the Mets were never in play for Manny Machado. It was never a fantasy. When Manny was a free agent, I know Yankee fans wanted either Manny or Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, yeah. That was the big the target. And I think Bryce was probably the majority just because he's a left-handed slugger. He just seemed to fit Yankee Stadium more. I think the big difference between a pursuit of Machado this offseason and last offseason, or not a last offseason, but three years yeah. ago, is they didn't end, other than Judge, they didn't have to pay all the baby bombers. Like, I think at the time there was a thought of, going to have to pay Gary Sanchez. Going to have to pay Glaber Torres. We're going to have to pay a lot of these guys down the road. Do we really want to be invested in a 10-year contract for Manny Machado? Obviously, the way the young shortstops play this year, if given an opportunity, if they're up here, could impact their thinking. But I think the Yankees today, potentially, we'll see where they are at the end of the year, are in a very different place than where they were four years ago when they clearly didn't have that much interest in the guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're looking at the prospect of Glaber Torres leaving this team. What happens when say, uh, when uh, Mike Stanton's contract comes up? No, that's forever yeah. for Giancarlo to ever right. leave. That's right. the thing. Like he's you're kind of stuck forever <laughs> at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, man. But you know you're hoping that uh, maybe Peraza gets the inside look at shortstop at this moment. We'll see what Volpe does. I think the Yankees need to get insert some of that youth, some of that uh, th- those younger prospects. Is there a young arm that? they may have in the wings because with the injury to Montas, I think it puts a lot more pressure on this rotation, puts more pressure on your depth. Do they have an arm in the, in the farm system uh, that they can bring up? To your point about Peraz and Volpe, quickly on that, because obviously this battle in spring training is going to go on for a month. We'll have other times to talk about yeah. it. The key to the New York Yankees in 2023 is that. Because when I look at the Braves last year and how they won the division, how they won 101 games, you can mention some of the stars, but I would mention they called up Michael Harris a month into the season, and he was awesome. They called up Spencer Strider, and he was awesome. They called up Vaughn Grissom, and he was awesome. I think the difference between being a pretty good team and a really good team, and the Yankees can be a really good team either way, yeah. and being a great team are the young players that contribute. Because if Volpe isn't up here because he isn't hitting for whatever yeah. reason, Peraza isn't up here and isn't contributing, you're looking at IKF. You're looking at Josh Donaldson. You're looking at Glaber Torres, who I'm just convinced is never going to be the star we thought he was three years ago. And who knows about DJ's health. But the difference between the Yankees being good and being a 95-win team, which is good enough, and being a great team and being the difference maker, are those young guys contributing. And that, who the hell knows? Like I can't tell you what those guys are going to be. None of us can. Yeah, you just don't know. But I think that would put Cashman in... Uh, a, a better viewpoint of the fan base right now because I think the fan base is still down on him. He did go out there and he got the extension from uh, from the Steinbrenners. But you look at this montage trade. I mean, the guy, the first start the guy made, you looked at him and you said, this guy is not built for New York. This looked like another Sonny Great trade. Well, it seems like every, the, the first start I saw this guy, I said, this guy's not built for it. You got him from the same team right. every time you make a deal with them. So I ask you this yeah. because there's a there's a – there's a bull back there behind the glass. He's a bull. you got to watch out for him named Big Mac. Big Mac is a very staunch, staunch Brian Cashman defender. He once told me Brian Cashman is not only the greatest general manager in the history of the New York Yankees. Oof. He told me Brian Cashman is the greatest American we've ever had. And I said, <laughs> I said Big Mac, that's a, that's a step too far. I mean, what, what are we doing here? So be careful. He may yeah. attack you. Are you one of Who those? Who is the Yan- best general manager in New York? Yeah. Uh, Brian Cash. Okay, that's different. He is the best general manager okay. in New York. You said it. I did sure. say it, All and right. I own it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
So I ask you, are you one? Because I feel like Yankee fans are separated into two categories. You have the Cashman believer, the Cashman truther, like Big Mac. And then you've got the guys who say, Brian Cashman's the biggest idiot in the world. He needs to be fired today. All right, I I call it down the middle. I'm a very fair man. I'm an umpire. I call balls and strikes. There's good, there's bad. Are you a hater or are you a lover? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hater of Cashman. Obviously, what he's done for this team along the history, you, you respect him for it and you appreciate him for it. But I thought they should have moved on from him a long time ago, get a fresh voice into the front office, get new scouts, new new pr- perspective on some of these young prospects and see if we can you know, enhance our development system, enhance the farm system. I think I was looking at uh, the athletic, the athletic ranked uh, the Yankees farm system about 14th. Yeah, middle the, of the pack. Right now, middle yeah. of the pack. And so, again, Volpe's promising Peraza. You have uh, um, uh, Dominguez. And so we'll, we'll see what they, what, they, uh, what they bring to this team. But it just hasn't clicked. The pitching hasn't clicked. The, yes, they brought in Cole. They needed another top-end guy. We'll see what Rondon has. Can he stay healthy? Is he built for New York? I'm going to make a Rodon, pre- Rodon, sorry. I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah. And you can write that. Big Mac, definitely write this down. Yeah, all right? Because okay. I, I really believe this. This isn't like a shock prediction. Yeah. I, I think the best pitcher for the New York Yankees in 2023 during the regular season, the playoffs, yeah. complete crapshoot, I can't tell you. The guy who you look at as your best starting pitcher in 2023 will be Luis Severino. Yeah. I, I believe it. It's a First of all, it's contract year, yeah. and I think he's healthy. And I know that's like I'm throwing that's my a big arms if. in the air. That's another big if. Huge if, right? Yeah. So I'm kind yeah. of banking or betting on the fact that he's healthy. But at times last year when he was pitching, he looked so freaking dominant. Yeah. And look, I don't know what his future holds because he's a free agent at the end of the year. He has a monster year. He may be gone because I don't know if the Yankees are going to pay Severino after playing Radon and paying Garrett Cole. But I really think, kind of projecting, and it's it's a prediction, who the hell knows, I think he's going to be their best pitcher. I think he's going to be freaking dominant this season, and the biggest offseason discussion around the New York Yankees is going to be, how do we let this guy go? And to speak to his health, there's no more, you know, babying him. Like, he's going to be a free agent next year. Last year, they put him on a 60-day DL, and he was kicking and screaming that he wasn't that hurt. But they took it easy with him, inning limits, all that. They're going to let him go this year. You I know, don't think there's any worries what, uh, about babying you know, him. If, they, if, he's, if he can throw the ball, yeah. he'll pitch. You know what Big Mac's saying? He's saying if he dies, he dies. <laughs> if he if lives, saying, he lives. I'm saying the, the Yankees were hesitant <laughs> to say that, and now I think they will. Because well, he's not under contract next year. I, I think Seve, when healthy, can have close to A stuff. I went to the game at the stadium against the Pirates when uh, Judge was chasing history. Seve was pitching. He, uh, he was lights out. He was great in that game. But the health is going to be a primary factor, not just for him, but That's for, it, for, yeah. for all these guys. You got Nestor uh, sporting a hamstring. You already have Montas out. Rodon's coming in with injury history. Do they have the depth if these guys go down? Do they have the depth? Well, that's that's the d- disaster scenario. Yeah. That's why I, you know, it's not a knock on everybody else, but maybe it is. Garrett Cole's the yes. most reliable pitcher in baseball. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I had a Met fan ask me the other day, would you take Garrett Cole over Justin Verlander? Now, Verlander was ridiculous last yeah. year. And obviously, Justin Verlander is going into the Hall of Fame on, on skates. He's an yeah. all-time great pitcher. But in 2023, if everything's on the line for me, to get through a full season and contribute and pitch. And I also want to be careful with these guys because what does a full season mean? I kind of now believe in maintenance days. It's like the NBA. I want to make sure my guys are healthy. But I would trust Garrett Cole yeah. because he does it every single season. He may not be the most dominant. He's not. He had a three-and-a-half ERA last year. But he is the most reliable. And you bring it up, and you're right. Nestor Cortez has a hammy and was hurt late last year in the playoffs. 
Radon's got a long injury history. Severino's got an injury history. We already see the issues with Montas. Well, I don't think he's ever pitching for this team ever again. So you're looking at Domingo Herman, you're looking at Clark Schmidt, whatever. Garrett Cole's the only guy you could trust. In terms of he's going to make 32 starts. I'm not trying to jinx you guys because I know he's going to get hurt now. No. I'm going on track record. The guy's never hurt, and that is the best quality of Garrett Cole. Yeah. 200 innings last year. Now, look, the home runs were a bit of a problem. Sure. They definitely threw some junk and had some meltdowns last year. That's been a bit of an issue, and I think for that reason he's come a little bit back in terms of being, you know, one of the more elite pitchers in the league. But this is our guy right now. That's and guy. the the one thing about Cole that I wanted to see was was how he would respond in the postseason, especially last year. I thought he delivered. He needed a, a bit a bit of uh, run support. The bats needed to come back and support him. He didn't really have that. But you look at the Guardian series. I thought he I thought he was pretty good. Man. Hey, listen, the sample size is very different. Yeah, but Met fans don't hate me for this. It's just the reality. Garrett Cole is the better postseason pitcher yeah. than Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer to a degree. Max Scherzer. It's just the reality. Now, Verlander's pitched so much in the postseason that there's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. But Garrett Cole, I think of Garrett Cole but without ever looking at stats or going through every game log of his postseason. I trust Garrett Cole in a big spot. I don't trust him in the middle of May because he'll give up five home runs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's due for one of those like one inning complete collapse. Yes, but, you know sometimes he bounces back strong. That, that's what I like about Cole. Man. He does. We'll get to your calls eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. It's Carton and Roberts on the Fan WFAN WFAN FM and WFAN.com. It feels like spring, even though it's raining. I think it was raining last time I checked. But it is Carton Roberts. Craig off today. I'll be back on Monday. CP the franchise. A very, very popular man on YouTube. If you are a Knicks fan, because you just heard that Knicks clip if you're listening on the radio. If you are a Knicks fan, I always say this, especially after losses. That's where I really enjoy it. You can listen to CP and everyone else on Nick Fan TV basically talk for an hour and a half after every game, which is tremendous. So I, I do appreciate even though I'm not a Knicks fan, I respect you guys from a degree. And I certainly like being voyeuristic, especially after you lose <laughs> and hear all the complaining and the R.J. Barrett stinks, <laughs> fire Thibodeau, he's a moron. Listen, it, it, you come for the doom and gloom. Yeah, you you like to see us down and depressed and, and the fans calling for Thibodeau's head. R.J., Julius, comes with the territory. Man. You're damn it, right. It's, it's Nick's therapy. I don't get paid enough, <laughs> but it's a passion of mine, so I love it. So. No, uh, yeah. man, I, re- I respect the hell out of it. Now, we do get a break because it's All-Star Weekend. Yep. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier. I-, I feel the same way. I'm not as into it as I was when I was a kid. I am going to show my six-year-old the slam dunk contest and the three-point contest because he likes basketball just to see. Yeah. Like, does he react to it? Yeah. Now, what I'm worried about is if your boy Jericho Sims does anything too oh. cool, I can't have Jet saying, yeah. I like him. Get you might lose him. I you might lose him. And I can't lose him over Jericho Sims at the dunk contest. <laughs> All right. The one the, thing, um, the simulation, as we call him, when he has a good game on Knicks Fan TV. The one thing I'm not worried about yeah. is Julius Randle stealing him during the three point contest. <laughs> oh, and what are we doing here? Why are we putting a guy Look, who's shooting 32 percent from three in the three point contest? What are we doing? I think Sims is a better in game dunker. I think Julius is a better in game three point shooter. You mm-hmm. know, when he gets going, he gets going. I don't see him uh, beating this pack. Well, that, I, I give him credit for, for participating. With that said, I think I'm going to go on my fan who lap and bet on Julius. Well, yeah, what are the odds on Julius right now? <laughs> he's the No, he's the dog of dogs in terms of the odds. Like, he really? is the last guy, which he should be, by yes. the way. Yes, yes. Uh, let me see where they're at now. 
And I, I really, I'm not even joking. I think I may bet on it. That's the wow. one thing in the All Star game I would bet on, just because it's you know it's dopey. It's kind of fun. Uh, right now, oh my God, you could bet on the Rising Stars tournament winner. Oh, can I give advice to everybody? Please don't do that. <laughs> what are, what are we doing if that's what we're doing? So the favorite is actually a tie between Dame and Buddy Heald. All okay. right? They're bo- both plus 430. Julius is plus 950. Mm. So he's the last guy on the list. It's Heald yeah. and Lillard at plus 430. Tatum and Herter both at 6-1. to one. Markin at plus 650. Halliburton at plus 650. Mm. <laughs> we know Wally Zerbiak ain't made that bet. <laughs> and then you've got Tyler Hero, who didn't even play the other night. And Tyler yeah. Hero doesn't have the balls to go up against the wing defenders known yeah. as the Brooklyn Nets. But guess what? Three-point contest? I'm ready to go. What a flood he is. He goes some load management to say, all right, let me uh, let me jump into this contest here. <laughs> and then Julius Randle at plus 950. I'm not even – I think I'm actually just just for fun – yeah. I'm going to bet like 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you've seen enough of them because you are a season ticket holder of the Knicks, so you should be comfortable making you that bet. You love bringing that up. Yeah, I love it. I love it because I've never seen it before. It's outstanding. <laughs> You're a fan. It's okay. No, my, my favorite part, my favorite reaction to being a Knicks season ticket holder is not even you. It's when Dolan sat here and Craig said, hey, by the way, Evan's a diehard Net fan, yeah. but he's a season ticket holder. And he looks at me and says, why? <laughs> There you go. I'm giving the there man money. Like, I'm, I'm literally sending him money, and his response to me with, like, a disgusted look is, why? why? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, but one of the things they're going to do for the game, if you guys don't watch the game, and I don't I don't know how many people do, first of all, they play with the Elam ending, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. We'll discuss that in a minute. But they draft up the teams. So the two team captains, based on the highest vote-getters, will draft the team. And they've done this for a few years. The NHL absolutely had the idea first. And I remember when I saw hockey do it, my first reaction is, this is better for basketball. This will be better with basketball. So they've done it the last couple of years. And apparently, and there's one guy to blame for this, and I'll reveal the name, and you'll absolutely agree with me. There was one guy who was sad that he was picked last. He felt like Evan Roberts in middle school. He was picked last. And guess what? When I was picked last, I just smiled and played as hard as I could. That's all I did. But this guy, this loser, this quitter, picked last, and then he cried about it. And so because he cried about it, Adam Silver has made one of the softest decisions he's ever made. He said, we're not going to have someone picked last. We're going to pick the reserves first, and then we'll pick the starters. So technically, the starter being picked last isn't really the guy being picked last because right. he was an all-star starter. Yeah. How soft is this? It's ridiculous. It's becoming a cupcake league, man. It's getting softer and softer and softer when you think about the rule changes. Now this, and I love the idea of going with the draft. So you mix up the teams every year. Yeah. The West doesn't always play in the, with the West. You could mix it up. Sometimes you have LeBron and Luka. You might have LeBron and KD sometimes. So you, you mix it up a little bit and give the fans something to see because the game is not going to be that good anyway. Game stinks. Right. And we all know that. So yeah. so then they move it to, we're going to pick the teams before the game. I thought this is a great idea. Again, you keep the fans engaged. But now it, it's almost like the participation trophy. So <laughs> now, now we're going to pick the reserves first and then pick the starters. It's soft. These guys Very. are multi-millionaires. I mean, I, maybe there's one person that, that didn't like being picked last. But for me, this is something that they could have tapped into in terms of the fan engagement. Fans jump on Twitter and say, wow, I can't believe right. this guy got picked last. Here's who I would have picked. 
and let the debate go on. They they they, they missed an opportunity to tap into the fans having that conversation well, on on the uh, on the picks. And here's what's crazy to me. And maybe you know because you're a diehard basketball fan. Lugie and Big Mac are also basketball fans. I'm certainly yeah. not insulting them, but I'm 100 percent confident they won't know the answer. Yeah. And I don't even think you know the answer. But I'll ask it anyway. Yeah. Who was picked last last year? Who was picked last last okay. year? Okay. Time out. You don't know. Yeah. I don't even want you to think about it. You're, you it wasn't know. Julius. It wasn't Julius Randle. I'll tell you that. It was not Julius. Yeah. Okay. You guys know who was picked last last year? We actually both looked at each other when you brought this up and said, no, I have no idea. Well, I'll tell you who was picked last yeah. because the guy who was picked last is a loser. The guy who was picked last is a quitter. And the guy who picked last... I have no information to back this up. This is all speculation, so don't sue me. He cried. He called up Adam and said, it's insulting that they picked me last. And that guy's name is James Harden. So this whole thing is about James Harden being picked last last year. Wow, yeah, yeah. Now, I admit this is very likely fan fiction, okay? It's probably not true. But let's go with it. James Harden was so upset, CP. That he was picked last last year. And it was comical, I remember, when it happened yeah. on TV. Because I think at the time, Durant was a little annoyed with him. Yeah. They've made up since, obviously. Yeah. They all blew up the nets and are gone. But it was like a joke. And I think even at the end, LeBron was laughing like, oh, yeah. okay. And everybody knew they were avoiding James Harden. And I do think that LeBron purposely didn't pick Harden because he wanted Durant to have to pick him. Right. Because, dude, this was a week after the trade. That's, Something that's right. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So do you believe my fan fiction that James Harden is such a crybaby that he called up Adam Silver and said, this is, this is. I think it has something to do with it. Thank you. I think it has something to do with it. And they don't want to put the, the, the last picks on the spot in front of the world to that's see. Right. That these are the scrubs of the All-Star team. But now I'm going to go to the last reserve and say that's the guy. Of course. Who's the last pick? If we have a half a brain, we'll still have the guy who was picked last. The last reserve was the worst guy. And I say this as somebody with experience. As someone who's been picked last before, it ain't that big of a deal. I don't see it. It It's just okay. I don't see it. And no one remembers. So... The bad publicity that comes out of it, because I do think it gets bad publicity, because yeah. it adds to the the idea that the NBA is a soft league. Yeah, I love yeah. the NBA, but how can I or you defend the league's not being soft yeah. when the commissioner says we don't want someone picked last? I mean, come I, on. I I think they missed a, an opportunity to have the, the conversation continue and have fans have that debate. Maybe fans want to have their own fantasy draft and see who goes and who doesn't go. What do you think about? LeBron going to the league and asking them to honor him at the All-Star game. Well, first of all. For breaking, breaking uh, Kareem's record. Okay, you've said that and Craig has said that. Yeah. Is that true? That's what I'm hearing. Okay, I don't know if that's true. And I'm not ripping you. I'm yeah. Maybe Craig a little bit. Yeah. But I heard him say that and I was like, I don't know if LeBron's going to the league. Maybe the league is saying, hey, you broke the all-time scoring record. We should honor you because, hey, it was kind of a big deal. So I don't know if I believe this crap. I think it's LeBron slander. <laughs> I really do. Look, I would say it should happen. Of whether whether he asked or he didn't, it should happen. But I think it's a, if he if he did ask, I think it's a little weird. I think that so, we all have, to varying degrees, yeah. like this dislike of LeBron James. We all have it. It's very different than the relationship we all have with Michael Jordan, where yeah. he beat your ass, no question. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you, that should bother you, but yeah. you have this incredible respect for him. LeBron James, and I think I know the reason why, is disliked by just about, sometimes small, sometimes really big. There's a dislike towards him, and here's the reason. You tell me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. 
because every fan base talked themselves into believing LeBron was going to save their team. Absolutely. They all thought, like even I did, how naive was I? Yeah. Oh, Jay-Z, he's going to come. Come on. He's never going to Newark. Yeah. Like, what Absolutely. Like a moron. And maybe he was never going to the Garden. I have no idea. But I think our dislike for him is because of that. We all thought he was going to save us, and he never did. Yeah, for me, that's part of it. Especially when he was in our backyard at the Boys and Girls Club in Connecticut, right by the Knicks uh, uh, practice facility. He goes to the Miami Heat. <laughs> the, the hated Knicks rival. Pat Riley. <laughs> I hated him. As a member of the Heat, hated him. Couldn't stand him. Once he left... I started liking it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the Cleveland winning, I, I always look at it this way, and you're a big wrestling fan, so yeah. I think this works. Warriors-Cavs in 2016, I thought the Warriors were mostly the faces. They were the good yes. guys. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And the Cavs were the bad guys. And then Bret Hart, Stone Cold, Steve Austin happened at WrestleMania 13. For those that don't know. It's a good one. It was a double turn. Yeah. It was a great match. Brett was the good guy. Steve was the bad guy. And in the middle of the match, they used such ring psychology that they got the fans to turn. When Draymond Green outstretched his leg and played soccer, the crowd turned. Not Warrior and Cav fans, but you and I. Yeah. Like, I think most people were rooting for the Warriors. We're good. Bleep LeBron. And then as soon as that happened and the 3-1 deficit starts to go away... I think the Cavaliers became the face. Easily. Easily, because, number one, it was a dirty play. You saw that. that I mean, that's that's par for the course of Draymond Green. But then the story becomes, can the Cavaliers do it? Right. Can they come back from that 3-1? And so the story just became that much more magnified. And then you go to Game 7 and the brilliant performances, Game 6 and 7, that Kyrie and LeBron put on. It was epic. So this was a, I got to compliment myself. Yeah. This was a great all-time wrestling analogy. I thought that was a good one. That was a classic WrestleMania. Thank Stone Cold and Bret Hart, 13. Yes. I thought that was a good uh, now, I thought that was a good. Now, here's the real good judge, because Lugie hates everything I say. Yeah. Okay, he's very, very critical. Yeah. Lugie, yeah. is that a good analogy? That was an excellent analogy. Whoa. The greatest double turn in the history of wrestling. Yeah. What's up? So, I'll give you one then. I'll come, I'll come up with something later that you screwed <laughs> nice. up. But nice, now nice. you get a dub. <laughs> Thank you, pal. Let's go to CB, CP's hometown. Let's Tommy go. Tommy in Rockville Center. Let's go. Wow. Who needs corn when you got CP, baby? <laughs> <laughs> My guy T-Hop in the building. What's going on, bro? You already know. But, yo, keep your foot down on the gas pedal, Casey. Um, listen, we got to talk Knicks. Let's go. Uh, you're always talking about put respect on the Knicks names. The Knicks are tied for the second best road record not only in the Eastern Conference with the Milwaukee Bucks, but the entire NBA. Put respect on their name, Casey. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. They, they are playing well on the road. They are World Warriors 17 and 12. And look, that you got that is a testament to the coach. It's a testament to the coach having the players ready to play in hostile environments, uh, less hostile than Madison Square Garden, you, you might think. But, you know, listen, this is this is on Brunson. It's on Randall. These guys come to play, especially look at what they did in Atlanta, a game that they needed to win in, in terms of creeping back up into, into the Eastern Conference. And they took it to the Hawks, man, led by You're Julius You're only Angela. a game better on the road than the Nets, listen, you braggadocious listen. people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And two games back, the Nets, but, but by and the, they're creeping up. By the way, because I've wondered this all season long, why? Because I always hear theories about, well, there's that garden groan that puts pressure when yeah. they're playing at Madison Square Garden. And I'll ask Caller brings up a really, I mean, it's a fair point. The Knicks have been a really good road team. And when you look around the NBA, there are a lot of mediocre road teams. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers are four games under 500. Yeah. There was a time this year, 
earlier this season. It's not the case anymore. Well, there were like only three teams above 500 on the road. Why are they better on the road than at home? Because it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It just seems like there's just more pressure at home, man. Because because you have two things. You have the other team who's looking to, to come on that stage in Madison Square Garden and embarrass the Knicks. I mean, last year they had a number of B-level guys come out there and have career nights at Madison Square Garden. It's just a place to play. These guys want to shine on that stage, but it just amplifies the pressure on the home team to come back and... Look! Look at when the fans came back in, into the into the stands a couple of years ago. In that playoff game, the Garden was electric, and I looked at some of these guys. I was there in, in 100 section. I looked at Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Reggie Bullock. These guys, these guys were shell shocked hmm. when the fans were in there. They were intimidated by you. Absolutely, absolutely. You scared them. The so, energy was was too much. For so them. I get what you're saying, and this yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. So the Knicks embarrassed themselves in the playoffs in yeah. 2021 because Thanks. of you. Because of Knicks fans. That, that's why you guys lost. So you guys are there. It's not Trey Young. Listen. It's not Julius Randle even choking or exonerating him. It's you. You're it's, very intimidating. We're like the Jets fans. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. It is the trauma Dude, and the PTSD. I, we I want wins. So it's funny because I'm a Jet fan. You're not. You're a Knicks fan. I'm not. The Jets and Knicks are very similar. Yeah. There, there's, there's no doubt that there's a... Of the two franchises in this town, if you had to take two franchises and say they're the same or they're the most similar, I don't even think it's a question. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's the Mets anymore necessarily because the Mets went to a World Series even seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And their World Series, their championship was more recent than the Knicks championship. It was 13 years later. The Jets even further. But the Jets and the Knicks, they are the same. Yeah. Like, it's... It's the the so Mets, you could, you could even say that, you know, they have a chance to contend. Oh, now they've they had yeah. that chance. And, and they have. just went to the to, to the World Series. But with the Knicks and the Jets, it just seems like they're always stuck in the mud. For one foot forward, they take two steps back, and they're just always treading well, in that mediocre spot. There was a time, I'd say about 10 years ago, where that comparison would annoy me. I would say it's yeah. ridiculous. The Jets, because in my lifetime growing up, after the 1-15 season with Richie Kotite, the Jets were in the playoffs every other year. Yeah. You know, they were good in 97, didn't make it. They're obviously in the title game in 98. They're in the playoffs in 01. They're in the playoffs in 02. They win the division in 02. They're in the playoffs in 04, 06, 09, 10. Like, okay, they're they're good. And I would always take a Nick comparison and say, stop. Knicks are losers. They you know, go through this drought, the Isaiah <laughs> Thomas era. Since 2010, and that is a long time now, yeah. the Knicks have been more successful. Like they're the team who make the playoffs every yeah. once in a while. Listen, so. When Carmelo was here, they they made the playoffs in three years for three years. They came, just went back two years yeah. ago. So it's it's not even close anymore. Yeah. yeah. So ten years ago, I would have been offended by that. Did right. you hear, by the way, that the NBA media rights deal is up and that NBC yeah. is interested? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, baby. That takes me back, man. Hit that freaking music. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, classics. Classics. It's game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> Michael Jeffrey Jordan about to school the New York Knicks again. Yeah. yeah. I oh. still I, I still watch those montages on Twitter and YouTube. Dude. There's nothing like it. They they try to replicate it now on ESPN. Nah. Sometimes MSC does. It's not nah. the same, man. Dude, it's funny. It's not the same. I I can see by your reaction I feel the same way. Yeah. I no offense to ABC, no offense to ESPN, no offense to anybody. They're they're yeah. fine. Okay, they're fine. I love Mike Breen. Mike Breen has become Breen Van Gundy, Mark Jackson. Yeah. They've become the voices of basketball. Sure. They've done it for so long 
And, and even growing up, it was kind of mixed. Like, we had Bill Walton for a yeah, year. Yeah. We had Marv, then we didn't have Marv. We had Casas. Like, it was mm-hmm. all over the place. So, Breen, Jackson, Van Gundy, they're the guys. Yeah. So, it has nothing to do with them. But, my God, I want NBC to get the NBA back just so we can hear that yeah, music. Yeah, the song. But you hear it on college basketball on Fox. Doesn't work. Yeah. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's like it's being, you know, used in some kind of cheap way. Yeah, yeah. No offense, it's just, it's the NBA. It's the 90s NBA. You got to bring it back. I hope they get it back. You know, those those were the days, man. And and you'd have the the Miller genuine draft moments, right? They'd do the flashback and then the Prudential halftime show. And, you know, they would have that interview. And in that time, when when, when you're not on that 24-7 news cycle, that was when you got your news on players unhappy, players moving, oh, player yeah. trades, trade rumors. You would have to go to the halftime show to hear what was going on. So, sometimes, and, and that's an aspect that can never be replicated because yeah. we have Twitter. We yeah. have Woj bombs. We have shams. But that sound you just heard, if you're under the age of 30, you probably think we're very weird. And that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. That sound is the only reason why NBC should get the NBA back. That's the only reason. Ah, I really don't care about any other reason. So, so you don't want John Tesh that to uh, to make a remix? <laughs> no, no, you can't. Yeah, do no, that. You, no, you got to go back to the. To that's the, like to the, the you know, you can't. That's it's yeah. a sacred song. Yeah, is yeah. there a remix that anyone listens to of New York, New York? No, no. Is there? Yeah, we don't do re- no. when you have such a classic song, and, and kudos to John Tesh yeah. and the fact that he's basically whored that song out now for the last few years. Because yeah. you mentioned it's on Fox, AEW's used it a few times. Wow. What are we doing? I mean, I, yeah. good for him, make his money. Like, I I have no issue with someone making their money. But that's the NBA on NBC music. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what the hell's going to happen with the media rights deal. And if Amazon gets it or Apple TV gets it, here's all I'll say to Amazon and Apple TV. If you want to make it right, buy the song. Yeah. Because that'll work. Yeah. If you want to get the NBA and then bring that in, I'm all good. Remember the big deal they made this year about the ESPN hockey song coming back? Yes. This would be... On another level. Which one was it? Yeah, like the ES, because ESPN went so, I, you know what's funny? And I know the song is when I watched the first yeah. night of hockey. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Today, right now, I couldn't even hum it to you. <laughs> now, I mean, part of that is I'm more of a basketball guy than a hockey guy. Yeah, I own yeah. that. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who are saying, you know, I can. Mm-hmm. Good good for you guys. You guys are hockey fans. I respect that. Oh, that one, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, as soon as you hear it, you're yeah. like, I know what that means. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> Do you remember, and if you could find this Big Mac, Fox had a baseball song, and then they went to the football song. They replaced the Fox baseball yeah. with the football. But the real baseball song, in fact, don't get, don't find that. Here's the one I want you to find, and this is going to be tough. When I think it was CBS had baseball. I was so young, bro, so I, it's tough mm. to even remember this. It was like early, early 90s. So I'm seven-year-old Evan. They had a song, and I'm going to hum it to you. Okay, here we go. I thought it was the greatest song ever. It rivals this. And it sounded like this. Dun, wait, how did it go again? <laughs> <laughs> see, see, we'd be better off getting C back to find it. Yes, this is it. Pump it up. This is my jam. Isn't this college football then? No, no, this was no. baseball in the early 90s. It's similar though. Well, yeah. It's the Atlanta Braves against the Minnesota Twins, live from the Metrodome. (laughs) This one for me, 
old-timer. Only, yeah. only 90 to 93, yeah. It was short. Yeah. Short. But, but I got the age right because I'm telling you, it was very, very early on in my fandom of yeah. like understanding what was happening because 90 to 93, I'm 7 to 9 years old. Yeah. 7 to 10 years old. But I remember that always being such an awesome song, and then it disappeared. That one was pretty majestic. I like that Did one. you like that? Yeah, I did like that one. Big yeah. Mac, do yeah. you remember that? As a base, because Big Mac's a baseball. Yeah, guy. I do remember I, that. I didn't know what you were talking about when I heard it. I do remember. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Thank God you found it because I couldn't even hum it. <laughs> yeah. I was worried about myself. I was like, "What the hell happened to me?" <laughs> oh boy, Carden Roberts here on the fan.